Hey, well, good morning, folks. Merry Christmas. I'm not sure about St. Stephen's Day, but Merry Christmas still, one day later, okay? Um, thank you all for being here. We used to go to a church where they said that the Sunday after um, Christmas was always the O Come All You Faithful service, so thank you for being faithful for coming today. Um, my mother-in-law shared this story this past year. She went to a grocery store to get some Christmas stamps, and she asked the young lady behind the counter, do you have any Christmas stamps? And the young lady said, we have Santa Claus, and we have a lady and a baby. A lady and a baby. If you don't know the story, it's just a lady and a baby, right? If you don't know the Christmas story, it's just a lady and a baby. Um, you know, I pray this morning. We're, we're going to jump right past St. Stephen. We're going to go right past, you know, Christmas was yesterday. We're going to go right to the epiphany or the arrival of the Magi, the wise men. Okay, so usually it's, it's, it's January 6th, but we're going we're gonna to do it a little bit early this year. Just like our nativity scenes at home, the, the Magi show up, you know, Christmas night. So um, I'm going to ask you guys if you've got a Bible handy or a, a Bible app, we're going to turn to Matthew chapter, chapter 2, and this is the the Magi story or the wise men story. Matthew chapter 2, starting with the first verse. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to show it right up on the screen so you can um, listen along. But I, this morning, I ask you to, as best as you can, park all the distractions away this morning. Christmas is done for the most part. If we can just, just kind of step into God's presence this morning and expect God to speak to us today in, in some real way. Just calm our hearts down just enough to listen, to be still enough to listen to how God might be speaking to you and me this morning. From Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, starting with the first verse. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And they presented him with the gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, I'm going to ask my friend Stuart to come up and help me a little bit. Um, you know, uh, I've, I've shared this with some of you guys before. You know, one of my goals in life was to be a campfire guitar player. And some of you guys know it's really hard to get good, most, most seasons, it's really hard to get good campfire work this time of year, but this could be the exception this year. But, so, I, so I backed into this pastor gig a few years back, um, and 
And um, I'm going to share, uh, it's really a camp song, a kid's, a kid's song. And uh, I'm going to ask Stuart, Stuart, Stuart has talent, not me so much. But, um, but I'm going to ask, this is not a performance, this is audience participation. You guys here and you guys back at home. Um, so I'm going to ask you guys to sing along. And we'll, we'll sing it enough that you'll either hate this song um, or, or you'll get it, okay? Um, so there's a, there's a little bit of funk to it, and I'll, I'll share the funk. And you get, um, you get epiphany points if you do the funk, okay? And just keep track of them yourselves. Every time you get the funk, you get an epiphany point, and you can redeem them with Pastor Ike and myself on the way out, okay? Um, so here's how the song goes. Um, maybe you guys have heard it. Children, go where I send thee, okay? Children, go where I send thee, how shall I send thee? Well, I'm going to send you one by one, one for a little bitty baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. Okay, so far you and I were singing. I don't think anybody out there was singing. So, okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, so we're going to try that one more time. And again, there, there's the funk, the little bitty baby. There's a little bit of a pause there. And if you do the neck thing, you get two points, okay? We played some games on Christmas Day at our house. I'm kind of used to the game thing. So, um, so you got to join with us. You folks at home, too, you got to join with us, okay? Here we go. There we go. Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? Well, I'm going to send you one by one. One for the little bitty baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. Okay, you guys are all right. You're getting it. You're getting it, okay? Epiphany. If you've grown up in the church, maybe you've heard that word. Um, that's when the Christian church traditionally celebrates when the wise men, the magi, show up in Bethlehem to see the little bitty baby following the star, following with their hearts to Jesus. Today, I don't want to focus so much on the arrival. I want to focus on how they got there, okay? And the gospel doesn't share many of the details, but most of us can use our imaginations, or I'm going to ask you to use your imaginations or relate on some level to what that must have been, what they must have gone through, the cost of following a star, the cost of following a dream, the cost of doing something that you feel called to do. And know this, it's not just what we do for a living, it's more in how we live. Epiphany, the appearance of the divine, a God moment, if you will. And maybe it's in the world's eyes when the world says, huh, I get it. Now it's beginning to make some sense. Okay, two by two. Okay. Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? I'm going to send you two by two. Two for Paul and Silas. One for the little bitty baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. Okay, you're getting it. You're getting it. Um, the wise men. Tradition has it that there were three wise men. What moved them to follow the star? And how did they come, overcome the obstacles, the voices, the demons that they must have encountered that said, you're going to do what? To follow that star? That's the craziest thing I've ever heard. You're not going to be wise guys. You're going to be called foolish guys. That's the foolish thing. Go ahead, follow that star, that stupid star. Ruin your life. But don't forget, I told you. I told you so. And where did they come up with that crazy idea anyway? Let's assume for now that it came from God. But how did it get played out? And I'm pretty sure the dream, the idea started with one person. I'm going to send you one by one. 
And maybe it had been floating around in several people's hearts and minds. But one person, one of the wise guys, was so moved that they put the idea down on paper, put words to it, articulated it, first to themselves, but then they risked sharing it with someone. And isn't that sometimes the scariest part when we, when we share it with someone? And someone once told me we're all a little scared, but we're less so when we come together. And I really believe that's why we do church. That's why we're called to do church. That's why we're called to sing campfire songs in church. Three by three, okay? Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? I'm going to send you three by three. Three for the Hebrew children, two for Paul and Silas, one for the little bitty baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. The wise man, he's been wrestling with this thought for some time. And finally he gets the nerve to share it with someone. And maybe the conversation was something like this. Sweetie, sweetie, you awake? No, comes back the answer. Can I share, can I share with you something? I've got to share this with someone. I've got to share it with you. And please just hear me out. I know, it's, I know it sounds crazy and scary and it scares the heck out of me too, but I've got this dream. It's in my head, it's in my heart, this vision of what I should do, and it's not going away. No matter how hard I try to ignore it, and the wise man shares this dream with the love of his life. He's wanting to follow the star. He's needing to follow the star. Some kind of calling, he says. Some kind of calling. Four by four. Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? I'm going to send you four by four, four for the four that stood at the door, three for the Hebrew children, two for the Paul and Silas, one for the little baby. Baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. Four for the four that stood at the door. Standing at the door, the door's locked. You've got some keys, but none of them seem to work. It was a crazy idea anyway, wasn't it? You knew that. In one sense, you're relieved that it's not going to work. The idea was scary, it was going to take too much work, and some of the questions raised, some of the objections thrown at you were your objections too. What about the money? What about the money? What about the cost? And you know it's not safe. It's too hard. What if it's nothing but a young man's wild dream or some type of premature midlife crisis? Couldn't you just go out and buy a motorcycle like most guys? <laughs> what are you going to do if it doesn't work? You know, following a star, you know that doesn't pay very much. Teacher's wages at best. Why throw away what you've got? I know you've been restless, but that's just part of life. Everybody goes through that. What would others think? What's my mom going to say? And what about the kids? Five by five. Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? I'm going to send you five by five. Five for the gospel. Preachers, four for the four that stood at the door. Three for the Hebrew children. Two for Paul and Silas. One for the little baby. Baby was born, born, 
born in Bethlehem. What about the kids? What about the kids? You always get snagged on one question, don't we? And that question gives you a lump in your throat the size of New Jersey. What about the kids? You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. 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 No more. And you roll over and you go back to sleep for an hour or two or a week or a month or maybe even a couple of years. But that still, that still small voice comes back to you. And usually it's, it's something like 2 a.m. In, in the morning and you can almost set your clock by it. And that still small voice whispers to you, it's not really about the kids, is it? The kids, you've got to worry about the kids, but they're the most flexible when it comes to change and adventure. It's not about them, is it? What are you really afraid of? And you finally confess that you're afraid of the whole thing, all of it. It's just one big fear ball in the back of your throat, and it resonates deep down in your belly, in your soul, and just leaves you with a big headache. And then one morning, your soulmate asks you, out of the blue, at the breakfast table, you got a map? If you're going to follow this star, this, this dream, this calling, you're going to need a map. You got a map or a plan? There's a glimmer of hope for your dream. And I believe that's gospel, folks. And remember, this story takes, way, takes place way before GPS and cell phones and back when we used to use Rand McNally maps and highlight the route that we would take. Um, you remember those days. Um, sometimes we're called to follow a star. Sometimes we're called to support and encourage and love someone who's following a star. Six by six. Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? I'm gonna send you six by six, six for the six that never got fixed, five for the gospel preachers, four for the four that stood at the door, three for the Hebrew children, two for Paul and Silas, one for the little baby, baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. I remember reading somewhere the challenge for all of us to look deep inside and, and try and understand what makes us feel most alive, and then go do that thing. That's what the world needs more, people doing the thing that makes them come alive. And Jesus said that the thief, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come to give you life and to give it to you abundantly. That thief, he'll try to, he'll try to break you every time. But if you want to follow a star, a God-inspired dream, if we're going to follow a star, my experience has been we've got to have these two things down or it will fall apart before it ever gets started. Number one, you've got to have a support team, be it a spouse or a friend or family or a community that believes in us, that will remind us, encourage us in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the drudgery, in the midst of our own self-doubt when we're questioning why did we do this in the first place. No star gets followed as a lone ranger. Doesn't the old adage go something like this? Behind every wise man or wise woman, there's a wiser group of folks in the shadows, cheering them on, supporting them. And Jesus chose his disciples two by two. He also sent them out two by two because he knew there would be times of doubt and they would need each other. Silas certainly needed Paul on the missionary trips. 
But there were also times when Paul needed Silas just as much. We're all a little bit scared, aren't we? But less so when we're together. We all know it's easier to try something new, be it a new adventure or a new church, if we've got a partner, someone willing to walk alongside of us to become vested in our journey, either physically or spiritually or emotionally. Tradition has it there were three wise men that made the journey following the star. But I'll bet my pastor card that there were a whole bunch of folks back in the Orient or wherever these guys came from saying, you go, boys, you go. You're the best Remember, you're the wise men. We're praying for you. And they meant it daily. The number, number, one, reason, number one thing you need, you're going to need a support team. Seven by seven. Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? I'm going to send you seven by seven. Seven for the seven that never got to heaven. Six for the six that never got fixed. Five for the gospel preachers. Four for the four that stood at the door. Three for the Hebrew children. Two for Paul and Silas. One for the little bitty baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. Number two, on your must-have list, you're going to need the map, the plan. Even with the star, you're going to need a map and a plan. You're going you're to need directions. Sometimes that's the project killer right there. Because there's a whole bunch of us, mostly guy types, but some women too, that believe it's our unalienable right not to look at a map or ask for directions or really to ask for help when we don't really know what we're doing. We don't want to look stupid or dependent on anyone. You know what that really is? That is stupid and sinful and arrogant and filled with pride. And the thief, he'll knock you off your horse before you ever get it out of the stable every time. You're going to need the map. And the best folks to get a map from, to get directions from, are the ones that have been on a similar journey. They have authority. They have shmika. If you guys could say that word back with me, shmika. Shmika. I love that word, shmika. It's the Hebrew word for authority. Jesus broke into our world and spoke with authority, with shmika. Spoke like he knew what he was talking about. And the folks in the pews, they knew it. He was different. He was different from the other teachers. He wasn't just blowing smoke. Go check it out. Go check this out. Ask someone who's followed a star, a God-inspired star. Ask them what was that like? What voices did they have to overcome? Did they ever get lost? Did you ever want to turn around? What kept you going? And what was it like when you finally made it? They have authority. They have shmika. And listen to me here. Listen. If they tell you it was a piece of cake, go find someone else to ask about following a star. There's always a cost. There's always a cost. When Jesus asks us to do something, there's always a cost. And when we say yes, there's a cost. The two musts of following a star. You need a support team, and then you're going to need a map and a plan with good directions, proven directions. Eight by eight. Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? I'm going to send you eight by eight. 
Eight for the eight that stood at the gate. Seven for the seven that never got to heaven. Six for the six that never got fixed. Five for the gospel preachers. Four for the four that stood at the door. Three for the Hebrew children. Two for Paul and Silas. One for the little bitty baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. You guys are getting it. You're, you're gonna cuss me later when that song's running through your head. Eight, eight for the eight that stood at the gate. There are at least two gates in this story. Um, the first gate as the wise men are leaving their hometown, their comfort zone, as they're starting out on their journey. And once their hometown is no longer in the rearview mirror, that can bring back all the fears that they had before. Trust me, I've been there. And when they stop for lunch that first day, the, in the lead wise men's lunchbox, there's this little note. Remember this when things get scary. What would you do if you weren't afraid? What would you do if you weren't afraid? And the note says, don't ever forget who loves you. We do. Sometimes the first step in faith is to believe that we are loved, even when we're unlovable. A treasure on the journey more valuable than gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Eight for the eight that stood at the gate. The second gate, the gates of Jerusalem, They've been on the road a long time and they are weary, but they are determined now. They sense they are close. But the map and the directions and even that star they seem, that they were following, they all seem to be fading by this time. And what do they do now? Us guys should take note on this because this is gospel. Outside those gates of Jerusalem, they rally and they put all their guidance aside and they put their pride aside and they ask for help. And sometimes the bravest thing we can do is ask for help. And asking for help is not giving up. It's refusing to give up. And God tells us, my grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. My strength is made perfect when you ask for help. And the wise men, they, they go through the gates of Jerusalem, and they ask the first, first person they meet, where's the baby? Where's the baby, the child born, king of the Jews? Do you know? Do you know? Do you know? And finally they get about six miles south of here. You can't miss it. Come back now when you can. You hear? Nine by nine. Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? Well, I'm gonna send you nine by nine, nine for the nine, oh so fine. Eight for the eight that stood at the gate, seven for the seven that never got to heaven, six for the six that never got fixed, five for the gospel preachers, four for the four that stood at the door, three for the Hebrew children, two for Paul and Silas, one for the little bitty baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. Nine for the nine that looks so fine. I saw this bumper sticker last week on the back of a minivan that said, I used to be cool. <laughs> you know, I saw it twice, so I knew God wanted me to put it in my message. Oh, show, show of hands. How many folks used to be cool? <laughs> well, my kids will vouch for this. Having never been cool myself, I can't really relate to that. But you go follow a star. You follow your heart. You follow where God's leading you, and you may have to turn in your cool card. 
or any attempt we may look to look fine to the outside world, like we have it all together. I think part of following a star, God's will for our lives, starts with understanding who we are and really how unfine we really are. Broken knuckleheads, every one of us. Somebody bet me I couldn't say a, a message without putting knucklehead in there. I was so close to the end. <laughs> oh, gosh. But when Jesus says to us, you want to follow me, you want to be one of my disciples, there's a cost. There's a heavy cost. You've got to pick up your cross. And that cross can be the pain of going against the grain, taking the risk, daring to change when the world says no. But your heart and soul and God's will says go. And you pick up your cross. And if you do that, if you pay that price, you can come with me. And no matter what, you will be okay. Maybe not in the world's eyes, but you'll be okay. You will be fine. And I want to say, you follow a star, there will be times when you will be in the midst of valleys that are scary. But I will say, my own experience, an intimacy with God can happen when you're in the valleys that you can never experience when you're on the mountaintops. There can be an intimacy of walking through the valley, through the pain, through the struggle, through the heartache. God is right there. You want to follow a star? You want to follow a star God set before you? There is a cost. But there are also rich, rich blessings. You want to live life fuller than you've ever lived it before? Go follow a star. You want to be closer to God than you've ever been before? You go follow a star. You want to learn what living by faith and grace is all about? Go follow a star. And following that star is as good for nine-year-olds as it is for 90-year-olds. 10 by 10. We're almost home. Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? I'm going to send you 10 by 10. 10 for the 10 that just got in. 9 for the 9, oh so far. 8 for the 8 that stood at the gate. 7 for the 7 that never got to heaven. 6 for the 6 that never got fixed. 5 for the gospel. Preachers, four for the four that stood at the door, three for the Hebrew children, two for Paul and Silas was one for the little bitty baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. Ten for the ten that just got in. This past week, a young man outside, um, outside the grocery store, outside of Safeway, asked me if I had a dollar to spare for bus fare. I wondered to myself if he was just collecting money for the next whatever. Or was he maybe following a star? I assumed he was following a star, and I gave him two bucks. I prayed for him. Along the way, we all need some help and encouragement following a star, don't we? Text from the prophet Jeremiah. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient path. Ask for the good ways. Ask where the good way is and, and walk in it, and you will find rest. You will find shalom for your souls. And I love this text because it speaks to all of, all of us at whatever crossroad we're in right now. Whether we're following a star or wanting to jump out of an airplane, or we're walking with someone who's going through a divorce or battling cancer. Near the end of his earthly life, Jesus would remind his closest friends, his closest followers, I am the way, 
I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus' closest followers, they were lost and confused and scared. And Jesus said these words, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Excuse me, I borrow this line from The Chosen, the Christmas story. Traveler, are you lost? Traveler, are you lost? And the answer comes back, no, I have found the way. As the wise men, they make their final approach to the house where the baby Jesus and Mary are staying. Most of the world says, it's just a lady and a baby. It's just a lady and a baby. But the wise men, they know differently. Travelers, are you lost? No, we have, no. We have found the way. <laughs> Last time, 10 by 10. I'll get off the stage. Children, go where I send thee. How shall I send thee? I'm going to send you 10 by 10. 10 for the 10 that just got in. 9 for the 9, oh so fine. 8 for the 8 that stood at the gate. 7 for the 7 that never got to heaven. 6 for the 6 that never got fixed. 5 for the gospel. Preachers, four for the four that stood at the door, three for the Hebrew children, two for Paul and Silas, one for the little bitty baby was born, born, born in Bethlehem. Hey, let me let me pray us into communion. Heavenly Father, um, Lord, we're all on a journey. We're all on a journey. And Lord, I know some folks right now are grieving the loss of loved ones this season. And Lord, I pray your presence be with them. And Lord, I know some folks are just beginning, beginning a, a new journey. They've got a baby being knit together in their womb. Lord, I just pray your presence be with them, Lord. And Lord, I pray whatever crossroads that we're at, Lord, I pray... Just your presence and your love will overwhelm us to fight through the voices that say, don't go, and you tell us to go. I pray these things in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Pastor Joe. As most of you know, I 